0: And so in James chapter 1 and verse 17, we have an unusual title given to God. He's called the Father of lights. And we're told some things about His blessings upon us. Now, I want to ask you a simple question. How many of you believe you've been blessed in your life? You believe that? All right, then this message applies to you tonight. It applies to me as well, because I know that God has blessed me. And I learned a few things about these blessings from this verse. Now, I just want to give them to you very quickly. Let me say that we learned something about the provision of God in the first few words. Notice what it says again. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Now, let me say that every good thing that you and I have in our lives, we owe to the Lord Jesus Christ and to God the Father. There's not a single pleasure that we enjoy. There's not a single benefit that we experience, but what it's come from the hand of God. I'll I, I tell you a good a good theology lesson. I said this, I think, in Senior Saints. They looked at me like I was crazy, but uh, I'll tell you a good good theology lesson. If if you just if you just take what our president believes about government and apply it to God instead, you'll have a pretty good theo- theology lesson. Amen. Yeah, you're looking at me like I'm crazy too. That's all right. You're crazy and I'm crazy. We're both crazy. Maybe we can just get on the same frequency and we'll get along pretty well. Amen? You just take what our president... And I'm not listen, I'm not being political. There's no question with the statements that he's made. He has pretty high esteem of government. That's fine. A lot of people do. That's his choice. But I'm just merely saying what he believes about government, if you apply that to what you believe about God, it'll straighten you out a lot. For instance, can I tell you something that he he so kindly said to us? And you remember this was on the news. And I know you watch the news because I can see the worry lines on your face. But you remember he said this, said, you didn't build that. You remember when he said that? How many of you remember when the president said that? He said, said, if you've got a business, if you've got something like that, some of you are afraid. Hey, the NSA ain't in this building. I'm sure they're listening to what we're saying, but they can't see you. Don't get nervous. But you remember when he said something along those lines. He said, if you've got a business, you didn't build that. Somebody helped you. Well, let me just adjust him a little bit. I I appreciate those that work hard and have started their own business. There's lots of folks that have done it without the government's help. But let me tell you something. There's nobody that's done it without the Lord's help. Nobody that's done it without the Lord's help. The very fact that you have health in your body to do anything is indicative of God's blessings upon you. What's the difference between you and somebody laying down in the hospital bed right now? Except God's favor and God's blessing? Uh, there's a lot of folks, and by the way, you know we, we I don't know if you realize this, but we sometimes we have old people in our church. Do you know that? And so I'm not going to say who, but we you know, but some of you, you you've helped bury people younger than you. Some of you you've worked with folks and they're, I mean right now their body is laying in a graveyard somewhere, and you're sitting here tonight. What's that except the blessing of God? Every good gift. There's not a thing that you have but what God has blessed you. Now, you say, preacher, I know that. I know that. Get on. Well, there's a a difference between knowing it like you know it in a Hallmark card and knowing it for real in your life. There's a difference between knowing it like, yeah, 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 preacher, we're all that. And realizing in your life that the roof over your head, that the car that you drive, that the food in your refrigerator, that the clothes on your back are directly from an almighty God. Now, that'll change your life when you gain and and grasp that. We see that every good gift... Then I like this. We learn something about the blessings of God here. Not only every good gift. Now, we know what a good gift is, but what's a perfect gift? Every one of you, you you probably grasp for that when days like today come around. Ain't no telling how many wrench sets, how many fishing rods, how many Tabasco neckties were sold across the country in the past three days. And fathers are notoriously hard to buy for. You know why? If we want something bad enough we just go buy it. Amen. You know? And so the only thing you can buy us is stuff we don't want. Otherwise we own it. Or something too big for you to buy. People you know, sometimes people ask, What do you want for your birthday? Well, new car, be nice. You know. I got everything else I really want. You're always looking for the perfect gift. But that word perfect doesn't necessarily denote perfect in that sense. It doesn't necessarily denote appropriate per se. But we understand that that word uh, has the connotation of maturity with it. Or could I just give you this word? I think if I say this word, you'll understand what I mean. The timing of a blessing. You see, some of you are raising a garden right now. And uh, you've been waiting for things to get matured and perfect. You've been waiting for Him to get just to the right level of ripeness. Now, that tomato or that cucumber, whatever it might have been, it had all the components to be what you wanted, but you had to wait for the right timing. You pull it off too early and it won't taste good. You pull it off too late, it won't taste good. It's got to have the right timing. Let me say that the blessings of God are that way too. God has a miraculous way of being on time, but not according to my time every time. I don't know how he does it, but it always seems that he does things in a way I don't expect, at a time I'm not looking for, and it's exactly what it ought to be. And it's a good lesson in your life if you just look back. You ought to do this sometime. You ought to make your journal of times that you would have messed up if God had let you have your way. And it might change your prayer life, and it might change the way that you live for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you just sat down and jotted down, if I'd had my way, this would have happened. Boy, I'm glad it didn't. If I had had my way, this would have never happened. Boy, I'm glad that it did. Because you see, the things that God gives us, He don't just give us the right thing, He gives it to us at the right time. Uh, Let me tell you something, a a blessing given at the wrong time can ruin a person more than it can help a person. I can describe to you myriads of people that God blessed them in some way, put a little money in their pocket. By the way, you do the math. And I'm not going to get up here and preach on the lottery because I'm scared. I don't know how many of you are scratching off tickets and I don't want to know about it. I mean, that's funny, but it's true, too. Amen? (laughs) But uh, do do a little search sometime on people that win the lottery and what happens to their life afterwards. The vast majority of them, their life crumbles. You know why? They're not ready for it. They're not ready for it. All of a sudden, they get relatives come out of places, and and, uh, all of a sudden, they go out and they blow money. You see the same thing happen when people get settlements a lot of times, because a blessing at the wrong time can ruin a person. Let me tell you something, I wouldn't trade anything for God's timing. Now that makes a commitment, that takes a commitment. You've got to make up your mind that when you're impatient, you're going to trust God. You've got to make up your mind that when everything looks like there ain't no time left, that God's the one with the watch that matters and He knows how much time is left. That takes commitment. But you'll find if you'll trust God's timing, it'll always be right. God always gives us what we need and when we need it. Sometimes the blessing that He's given us is greater than the blessing on the inside is greater than the blessing on the outside. One of the big issues that I take with so much of the, the prosperity gospel preaching uh, that that pollutes much of TV and radio is that it belittles the spiritual blessings of God. As if the greatest thing God could ever do to you would be give you a new house or a swimming pool or a car. Let me tell you something. God wants to do things so much greater than that and it ain't got nothing to do with a stitch of clothes. It ain't got anything to do with a new TV. and ain't got, It's got to do with saving your family. It's got to do with you being wholly dedicated. It's got, to be, it's got to do with having the joy of the Lord in your life. And those things far outweigh any kind of temporal things where moths eat and where rust corrupts and where thieves break through and steal. I'm saying this, that God's timing is exactly what it needs to be. And oftentimes what He was doing in my life had less to do with that which I could see and more to do with that which I couldn't see. God was molding and moving and shaping me on the inside, and I was sometimes even unaware of it. But afterwards, I realized that God wasn't just preparing my circumstances, He was preparing me. God has a will, and it's perfect. It's perfect. So we learned something about the provision of our blessings. But notice the person of our blessings. I think this is important. It says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. That's unique language. In fact, you won't really find that name anywhere else in the Word of God. But he's called in the book of James the Father of lights. Now, we learn two things. One, we learn something about where our blessings come from. They come from the Lord. But we already dealt with that, didn't we? They come from above. And if they come from above, they're coming from the Lord. But the Lord's trying to teach us something about His person with this name that is given. I I don't believe, now, there's a lot of ways you can understand that phrase, Father of light. Certainly, He is the Father of illumination. Uh, We can't understand or know anything apart from God revealing it to us. But I don't believe that's really what the Lord's trying to tell us. Certainly, Christ is the light of the world. And we, if we've been born again, we're the light of the world as well. And if we've been born again, then He's our heavenly Father. And in that sense, He's the Father of light. But I don't think that's what it's trying to teach us. What I think the Lord is trying to teach us here is this, that the same One that flung the stars into the heavens and turned the sun on and began the moon to spinning is the same One that blesses you and I. Now, you describe to me anything more consistent than the stars in the heavens, than the sun that shines... Or than the moon. When it talks about the lights in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, it talks about the lesser light and the greater light. Our God is the God of these lights. It is His nature that keeps them consistent and persistent the way that they are. I'll not dive deep into this, but I think it's worth noting here. Do you understand that all of creation is based upon the, the integrity of who God is? because the worlds were framed by the Word of God. God could have created the world in any way that He had chosen, but He chose to speak. And He said, let there be. Now, the Word of God is the foundation of all truth. It's the pillar of all that is true. That which determines what is right and what is wrong is found in this book. And the reason that the sky is blue and the grass is green, the reason that the gravitational laws are in force, The reason that nature continues to plug along the way it does is because way back in history, God said, let there be, and He never said, let there stop. And so it's still being, even on this day that we live. He flung things through the power of His Word into existence. And so His Word becomes the foundation of that creative act. If His Word was to be found to be untrue, how would there be any basis for that creative act? By the way, this works the other way. You can turn the telescope around and make it a microscope if you want to. And you can ask yourself this, how do we know the Word of God is true? Because the planets are still spinning. It's how we know that it's true, that it's perfect. It's how we know. Some folks say, well, what about man? Man has polluted it. Hey, let me tell you something. Man can't pollute what God has preserved. It's one thing for God to create something and then allow man to pollute it. And there are things that he'd... God said He'd preserve His Word. And if God says He'll preserve it, He'll preserve it. And that doesn't mean just a a, a bit here and a bit there and a piece here and a piece there. Nobody knows what it means and nobody knows what it is and nobody knows how to put it together. That's not preservation, you see. If I tell you I'm going to preserve something, I'd say the Declaration of Independence has been preserved, wouldn't you? If we can keep them people in Hollywood trying to steal it in their movies. Now, let me ask you something. If you were to go and to cut it into a thousand pieces, would it still be in existence? Of course. But would it be preserved? Ooh, I think I heard some of you thinking there. I heard the hamster climb on the wheel and it creaked a little. If you went and cut the Declaration of Independence into a thousand pieces, would it still exist? But would it be preserved? Would it be preserved? Come on, you know the right answer to this. No, wouldn't be preserved. By the same token, it's not enough just to say that the Word of God exists. If it's not something we can hold in our hands, that we can hide in our hearts, that we can eat like the bread from heaven, then it's not been preserved. Because that's what it was when God gave it. If God's going to preserve it, it has to still be that. So He said He would preserve His Word. So you can flip it around you can look at it that way. But if the Word of God is the foundation for a creative act, for the creative act, Of all that is around us, and I believe it's so. I could give you signs for it, but I don't need signs for it. The Word of God is authority enough. If that is so, then I can tell by looking around. As you were to walk outside later on, if you want to know if God's still God, look up and see the sun shine. Because His Word is still true. Let God be true and every man a liar. If any man was true and God was a liar, the sun wouldn't be shining. He's the Father of lights. And we can look to them to see the consistency of the nature and person of an almighty God. I've given this illustration before, but if you were to build a skyscraper, and you could build it a hundred, two hundred, three hundred stories, however high that you want to build it, it could be as sound uh, structurally as any man could ask for, but if the foundation goes, it all goes. And so in the very same way, the Word of God being the foundation of... Creation, you say it is. Well, the worlds were framed by the Word of God. I'd say that means it's the foundation. It's the structure. Then we know that the very fact that these worlds still exist, and they'll always still exist. Listen, if you want to go around apologizing for running your air conditioner or driving your four-wheel drive, go ahead and do it. But God said this, that there'd be rain time and summer time and winter time. God made a promise it was going to keep going. And you say, you don't believe in that climate change? They used to call it global warming until it started getting colder. Now I guess they think they can call it climate change because the climate's always changing, you know? You know what I call it? Weather. Weather. I know I'm not real bright, but that's what it is. It's weather. And whether or not it's raining or whether it's not it's sh- the sun is shining, it's still weather. And it's going to keep on going. I do believe in global warming. The Bible says there's coming a day when the elements shall melt with fervent heat. But I don't think that's what Al Gore has in mind. (laughs) So you believe what you want to. But this world has an expiration date on it, known only to the mind of God. When he's ready, the elements will melt with fervent heat. But until then, we can look around at creation and see that God is faithful. We can see that his character and his person is pure and spotless and consistent and persistent. He's the father of lights. And if He can keep the lights to shining, I believe He can keep me in the blessings that I need and keep providing for me and doing for me that which I need in my life. So we see something of the provision of our blessing. And then we see something of the person of our blessing. And then finally, and I'll say this and be done, we see something in the promise of our blessing. Now, let me say this. My blessing does not necessarily have anything to do with the things that I do. Now, I do believe God punishes disobedience. I believe He chastises us, and I do believe that God responds with blessing to our obedience. You say, I thought you just said that He didn't do that. No, what I said is this, that my person has nothing to do with that. I don't deserve any of the blessings of God. But they are based upon God's immutable nature, that God has made some promises. And those promises, many of them are conditional. But if we meet those conditions in obedience to Him, His promises are yea and amen, right? And we learn this about His nature and about His promise. The Bible says, "...with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning." It tells me two things about God's nature that I need to know for hard times. One thing that it tells me is He's consistent, because there's no variableness in Him. No variableness in Him. You know what variableness is, don't you? When you bought that piece of furniture from big lots, and you went to put it together, and all the screw holes were in the wrong places... That's what they call engineering variableness. Right, Brother Al? Somebody didn't calibrate a machine. There's a variableness with it. Uh, It's what politicians call a margin of error. God doesn't have a margin of error. God doesn't have any variableness. God doesn't wake up on one day and say, I'm going to be good to this crowd. Wake up on another day and say, I'm going to be good to this crowd. He's a good daddy to all of his children. You say, but he doesn't bless me like he once did or something went wrong in my life. Well, you've got to remember the blessings of God are perfect. Perfect. So you just hang on a little longer. You'll see what God's doing in your life. See, that's why this thing's a walk of faith. Let me tell you something, and I I I, I say it more and more and more. I don't know why. I think my wife has tapes that she makes me listen to at night when I'm asleep. I'm I'm a deep sleeper. And I think when I fall asleep, she puts headphones on me and brainwashes me. Because I find myself saying all the time lately, I'm not a smart man. I'm not a smart man. I'm not a smart individual. And I just don't think that's coming from me. But I've heard her say that. So I have every reason to think that uh, that it might be coming from her. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a real bright individual. But... One of the most profound truths that God ever gave me was this, that this thing is a walk of faith. And it's not just a walk of faith because we want it to be. And it's not just a walk of faith because we desire it to be. It's a walk of faith because sometimes we won't understand. And if we're going to keep walking, we're going to have to walk by faith. Because sometimes this thing ain't going to make a lot of sense to us. Sometimes there'll be things going on in our life we can't figure and we can't reckon. Sometimes it'll seem like we're doing everything right and everything goes wrong. So what do I do, preacher, when I come to that? You have faith. You have faith. Like it or lump it, you're going to have to have faith as you live for the Lord, because it's not always going to go how you expect. And so we learn this, though, about God's nature, that there is no variableness. He is utterly consistent in everything that He does. But then I want you to notice this. Look at the last phrase. Neither shadow of turning. Let me say this. It would have been a blessing if it had said instance of turning. And it would have been just as true. There's not an instance of God's turning in the sense that this verse means. But it doesn't say instance. It says there's not even a shadow of it. Not even a shadow of it. In other words, God doesn't wake up tomorrow and decide He's in a bad mood and He's just not going to be God for a little while. You ever had days like that? You ever had days when you woke up? made up your mind that the day started bad enough, you just weren't going to be an adult that day, and you crawled back into bed? Some of you said, yeah. Others of you said, nope. Got to go to work. (laughs) God doesn't wake up and just decide it's a bad day and He's going to be unkind to you. You see, everything that God does, He does with purpose. Purpose. We have a purposeful God. And we can have confidence that His blessings upon us are persistent. Even in the midst, there's no shadow of turning. Even in the midst of our rebellion, God's still good to us. God's still good. Some of the blessings that are conditional upon our obedience we may not enjoy, but God's always good to us, even in the midst of our rebellion. say, preacher, I've messed up. Is God going to throw me away? No. He knew what you were when He saved you, so He won't throw you away. He won't throw you away. He knew what He was getting into. He say, preacher, I'm going through a difficult time. I'd say that it's, it's safe to say that there's probably folks in this room going through a difficult time. Let me tell you something. God's still good to you. He's still on the throne. You say, when are things going to get better? I don't know when things are going to get better. But I know that what God's doing in your life, He's doing for a reason. So don't give out and don't give up and don't jump ship on God. Go ahead and stick in and stay faithful and trust Him and serve Him. Because every good gift, And every perfect gift is from above. It's from above. Cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Boy, don't we have a good God tonight. Amen.